That's pathetic. That's terrible. 79. Well. Oh. Oh, crap. Oh, didn't see you there, guys. No. Well, this is our first episode of our podcast. Well, well, cast. Yeah. Cast. This is actually called Sprock Talk. Episode one. This is episode one. I welcome you. Um, I have Gasket right next to me. I'm Sprocket myself. Uh, you'll be seeing us every Sunday. Uh, sometimes maybe a little schedule shift. Um, but, uh, yeah. Podcast. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, we should dive right into this. I think we should dive right into things. Alright, so I'm gonna ask this uh, very specific question. Please give me a specific response. If sure, you sure. are a space person, so like if you're someone who like goes into space and like where this called? An astronaut. And yeah, so if you're an astronaut and you go to the moon, and while you're gone, the world goes into nuclear warfare and you come back with no one alive, what would you do? Well, Rocket. I think it's more a question of how would I do than what would I do? Because obviously the mental impact of such an event would be you know, pretty devastating. All your friends and family are dead. Yeah, but you gotta move on. But also, how are you getting back in the first place? Um, who's so, going to take you back? So it's not about the theoretics. It's that word. Theoretics. <laughs> the theoreticals. The theor- it's not about the theoreticals behind the how this is happening. We just know that you got back. You got back. So, no questions asked. I just get back. I mean, you can try to make theories of how you got back, but you know you got back. Okay. Okay. So, so let's you can say, like, yeah, yeah. Let's say I get. I'm probably really depressed. I probably hate my life. Right? Oh, yeah. There's well, not someone standing. There's, no, cool. there's no food. No one to talk to. Everything's dead. I mean, Jason. Sorry. Sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not doing a whole lot of... I'm not doing a whole... I might, like, sit around, you know, maybe watch some, like, Netflix or something if I have Wi-Fi. I'm not going to do a lot of yeah, Netflix might be a good idea. Um, but like Survivor. Like, it's like... A lot determines where I land. I'm landing. Well, I think, you know, obviously I think you're in control of where you land, right? This is why the theoreticals are important, because how you get back, like, are you just, like, crash landing? Do you know where you're landing? Are you landing the craft yourself? Um, let's say you land right where your home is. Okay, so you're landing in Long Island. I'm landing in Long Island. Okay. Now, like, what's your... Okay, so what, what I would do would be probably, like, go get some food, you know. From where? Although, from, like, the, uh... If the world has erupted in nuclear warfare, there's not gonna be a whole lot of food. <laughs> Honestly, I might just stay on the moon. I would just stay on the moon. But you might run out of oxygen. Right? That's how that works? <laughs> Is that how that works? I don't know. Huh. Okay. I'm a Kyle. Um, yeah, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not really sure exactly what I would do first. I would probably weep a little bit. I'd be you like, weep? Yeah, weep. Yeah, you'd weep. Yeah, it's a word that means cry. Would you, would you keep going for your runs? Um, um, hmm. Well, the trails might be a little 
messed up. But well, yeah. you know, I'd still go for some runs. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's very important to maintain active after nuclear warfare. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that that's a big thing. I I mean, if I dropped that master, it, I feel like now we're now we're saying there's like drops. Like. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I chose to drop that bastard. Okay. If you chose to drop a bastard. I mean, there'd probably be more food at best, right? Yeah, the yeah, bending machines. Machine, yeah. yeah. I mean, wow, we were on the same wavelength there. But, like, what if your card doesn't work because, like, all the banks are shut down? Um, what do you mean? Like, if the, if your bank, like, gets blown up by a nuclear bomb, your card's not going to work anymore. I don't know that. It's all stored on the internet. That might be. That might be true. But luckily, I have a lot of quarters <laughs> that <laughs> I may or may not have wrong. To the moon. Brung is not a word. Brang. Brang. Brang is a um, word. They're trying. I guess I didn't even get it. I got it on the. I, I got it on the year first try. Oh, bye, Miles. Um, yeah, so. Um, by the way, we're in the cross country suite right now, so I'm sorry if others disturb pardon us. The noise. Yeah, pardon, pardon the noise that others are using to like disrupt our living space. Um, <laughs> living space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think... I, I mean, there's gotta be a little bit more of, like, a thing you must do. Would you kill yourself? Would you kill yourself? <laughs> I would. I would. Straight up. trying to do that. So, okay. I'm yeah. the last person on Earth, and there was no food, and no people to talk to, and nothing to do, but you wouldn't, like, at least, like, maybe, like, draw something on the earth, like, I'm the last one. Jason. Like, like, SOS? Um, no, no one's gonna see that. You watch too much Survivor for this. Um, but no one's alive, so why does it matter? Well, so why would I draw something? What would drawing something do for me? It's like leaving your imprint on the end of humanity. Yeah, except if no one's what if there's it, new, what, what if there's new... Matter? But why is... What if there's new species that come about on Earth and they come and see And they can read English. And you're famous. They can, they can and you're English. English. Yeah, and they'll decipher it. Like, we decipher other people's languages. Like, they'll decipher it and then they'll be like, holy crap. Like, this person, we should put him in a textbook. And then I'll be like, I just don't think I don't think an alien, like Jason, what if like, million, by the way. Sorry, Sprocket. Sprocket. Thank you. I don't know why I keep calling you Jason, that's not your name. Um, I just, like, what if, like, the way the continents move is, like, a message by aliens to us and we haven't deciphered it? Because uh, it's just not something you're thinking about. Like, if I write in English, like, I'm the last one alive, no one's gonna, no one's gonna be, like, they're just gonna think it's a thing that naturally forms. Because to them, these aren't, like, well-recognized patterns. They don't have the, the monkey pattern recognition brain that we do. Hmm. This is getting a little too intellectual, I feel like. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Solid points. I still don't think I'd draw something in the sand. Like, do something. Like, I might as well do something. You got, like, you got, like, a couple. Okay. Yeah. Cry. Whatever. But, like. <laughs> Let's then adjust to reality and then be like, okay, now what? And then, like, you could do something, then, uh, then, like, and then, then, then you kill us. Yeah. Like, what would you do for people? Um, hmm. 
If you dropped it faster. Well, first I'd be like, yo, where is everyone? And yeah. where the building's at? Because, like, I'm assuming they're not there anymore. Well, I mean, it depends on how close the nukes were to Vassar. You know? Well, if it killed everyone, there must have been someone at Vassar. Therefore, Vassar must be destroyed. Okay. Fair. I can use that logic? Am I allowed to use that logic? Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to use that Okay, logic. buildings are destroyed. Yeah. Everything is in shambles. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna pick up a pizza at Baccio's. <laughs> the buildings are destroyed. How are you gonna pick up a pizza? Oh, my bad, I forgot that Vassar is not the only place that's destroyed. Uh, <laughs> let's. Do the Arlington Amber. <laughs> Yeah, Arlington Anvil. Let's 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 run it back. Um, let's see what what. Well, the D. Oh, the D is destroyed. The D is gone. Damn, this is. There's no. There's no hope left on Earth. There's nothing you can do here. There's no food. The trees. You gonna eat a tree? No, oh, maybe like climb one now. Okay, that what? Well, once you get to the top of the tree, you can see more things, and then you can see. Okay, where can I go? Okay, I'm just rambling on that. I, I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't know what you do, because there's nothing. That's what makes this... Uh, it's just a depressing question. That's what makes this such an interesting question. It's because it really puts you in a, in a space of desperation. A place that none of us have actually really seen. Which makes this question such an important well, thing think, to discuss. I think personally at the end of that classroom, I'll get you more in a clear you tight space of desperation. Yeah, that's because we were struggling to start our uh, podcast while playing the game and lost our focus and then lost by 70, uh, 70 little crown tower things. <laughs> points? I wouldn't call them points. What do you call them? Crown tower things. I don't know. I don't really refer to them. I mean, that's kind of stupid, right? It's kind of stupid. Speaking of stupid, stupid. let's move on to our next talking point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll read this one out. I'll read this one out. So this one is a very, very big one for the for the for the podcast. I've got some opinion. opinions on this one. Yes. So what do you think about people who, when you knock on the bathroom door, say "occupy"? Now, quotations. Personally, I think that this, for me, is such an interesting perspective because I actually do say "occupied." Oh wow! When someone knocks on the door. Wow. And. Now, before you start saying your thing, I just want to personally say that, for me, what else am I going to say? What would you expect me to say? Uh, I was actually discussing this with a friend recently. Okay. And he and I both agreed, yeah, it's like a good, like, cool what thing. What if someone just knocks? If someone's not asking, are you in there? Someone just knocking, and then you say, yeah? They're not, yeah, but like, you, can't you can't say Time. Like that's just that's just like I don't even want to use that bathroom anymore. <laughs> like I don't want to go and use a bathroom that someone who just said Hi. I don't say it in a sing songy voice. I go occupy. Yeah, but that's like so cringy. Like, you can't do that. that cringe? Like it's a three syllable word occupy. Yeah, three syllables. Yeah, but it's a word it's occupied. It's like it's not even like the bathroom is occupied or it, it's like oh that would be bad too. It, it should just be like. Don't come in. Or something like that. that that's a good idea. Don't come in? Yeah, someone knocks. <laughs> well, the door is locked, so I would assume they wouldn't be coming in the first place. I am in here. 
That's just as bad as Occupied. That is a syllable. It's pretty, it's pretty not, bad, but I Occupied, mean, it's not as cringy as Occupied. How is Occupied cringy? It's just because, like, I don't know, you knock the door, knock on the door, and someone says, Occupied. It's, it's just like, it's just like, ah, that like hurts my ears. It's like, oh my god. So what do you say? I probably say, like, yeah. Or I just beg that this situation never occurs because I so always you would rather not say I anything. always yeah yeah sometimes I've that's said nothing worse. that is even worse sometimes I've said not nothing. Say, saying nothing is even worse because then they might try to look under the stall and see if your feet are there yeah but I'm if they can't see your feet then they're gonna slide under the stall and try to get in if they can't if they can't see your feet like if you're like lifting your feet for some reason what are you doing on the toilet like <laughs> you're lifting your you're like getting up like a power stance you know you put your feet on the door. I, I, don't, I don't think that anyone does not have their feet on the floor while I'm in the bathroom. What I'm saying is sometimes I haven't seen people's feet under the stall and I'm not, and then they've said occupied. Maybe they were in the stall to the left of just, me, and they thought you were knocking on their door. I just think this is pretty normal human behavior. Say, I don't think it's normal human behavior. I think it's extremely cringy. Okay, but like, what exactly... What makes it so cringe? It's a word in the dictionary that we are a- able to and allowed to use. Well, it it's like some some things are just cringy. Some words, when you just put them in weird situations, they're cringy. If you hold on for a second, I'd love to think of an okay. example. To your point, I think that, you know, in like roll call in elementary school, everyone would say here, and there'd be that one kid who says present. Oh, that this that's, is a very this is a very comparable situ- situation. But there is no better right. alternative to occupy that's widely agreed upon to being used. I, I just disagree. people who say present are lame because you just have to make here. a noise to let them know that. What you're like there. you grunt? <laughs> what noise would you make? I, there's lots. Of, you can. <laughs> my point is that there's unlimited words that you could say that respond to that. Whereas for attendance, I mean. I'm not defending people who say present. I think people who say present should just leave Earth. <laughs> yeah. They should go they should go be a space person and come back yeah, when nuclear exactly. warfare is erupted. But yeah, that that's well, we don't want to die. We just want maybe they should just go to a different planet and then have nuclear warfare be it. Induced? Induced? Is that is that true? I don't know if that's like the right word for the situation. Induced on brought them. upon them. Induced on them. That makes sense. Not really. But... Besides the point. In other words, those who say occupy just like it irks me. It honestly takes my rating of you one out one to ten. It takes it and knocks it down at least point five. Okay, but going back to the previous example, I think people who say present are like attention seeking. Like they like want to seem different. Yeah, that that's is... what makes it cringe. People who say occupied aren't looking for attention. So that's not what makes it cringe. I think that you just have something against the word occupy. That could be it. That could be very true. But I don't think I'm alone on this. I'm sure you're not. And I don't know why Thank you're you. not alone on this. I feel like that's a very strange opinion to have. Well, I suck at backing up my opinions. So maybe we're going to have to bring this back up and we have other guests who agree with me. And this, they could perhaps... We could just ask our next guests. We could always ask our next guests. We could. We could. And we could see how they feel about this. Yeah. And if they see why the word occupied is just not the right response. I think it is the right response. I just think it's incorrect. Agree we'll agree to disagree on this one. Okay, fair. I think I think we should go to this talking point right here.
because this is one that I've very, I really want to ask you, is cheating on an online test morally wrong? Okay. This is, this is a, this is a difficult one. Um, there's the classic high schooler opinion. Well, not high school, high schooler opinion, high school C student opinion, which is like, I mean, I'm just using my resources <laughs> and it's like, it's like, well, yeah, you are, but at the same time, you are cheating. I think, is it morally wrong? No, because I'm not morally wrong. <laughs> I mean, so your reasoning is that actually it's not morally wrong because you uh, can't that, was be wrong. Just, that was a, just a joke. I don't okay. know. I don't even know if I've had many online tests. Oh wait. Oh wait. Yeah. I guess the physics yeah. tests were online. Yeah. And I guess we. Hey, don't. Okay. Okay. You can't say we. Uh. Yeah. No. No. I. I. I use. I use. Well, let's. Let's. Let's put myself in. Let's say this. If I'm doing a physics test online. Now I'm using equations that aren't on the equation sheet. Is that cheating? Yeah, they're not a provided resource. But then how do I know which ones are provided when your professor, Ulrich Fowl, shout out Ulrich Fowl, when your <laughs> professor doesn't give you the equation sheet until the day of? Okay, I think that's very valid, but that's an edge case because it's Ulrich. I'm just unsure on how to answer this question because the, the thing is, I'm, I believe it's a great question. I believe, like, I, I think there's almost like a level of cheating that's not acceptable. But, I mean, it's not more morally wrong. It's, like, very strong. And I don't think it's morally, morally wrong for you to care about your grades enough to just seek the answer that's ahead of you. I do think that people should try to solve a question on their own. And if they're stuck, there's no point in just getting the question wrong because no one's learning. No one's learning okay. that. But if you look it up, you're technically learning what the correct answer is. And you're also not losing the points. There is technically no point in just losing points. You're not learning anything from the experience of getting the question wrong. Yeah, well, yeah. But I think that another part is that, you know, we're in an institution we're paying for. We pay to be here. We pay to do the curriculum and the motion. We go through the motions that are provided to us by the school that we're paying for. And I think that part of that is, you know, you do what the institution tells you. And if that includes, you know, using the test with the sheet provided day of, then you do that. I think that, you know, in high school, yeah, sure, I cheated on online tests, but I never felt good about it. You know, I never be like, man, I'm learning. Like it'd be, I would go on Quizlet for an AP US history test and I would scroll until I found the question that was on the test that my teacher would copy paste and then I'd click it. And then I would copy paste the answer back onto the test and I would get hundreds every time. See, I was never a big cheater. I was never a big cheater until or, online tests came. Even with online tests, I maintain integrity because something in my heart always tells me like, so you, might be fine. so you do think it's morally wrong. It's just something in my gut usually tells me like, oh, I feel really bad doing this. But 
I have no issue with people who did do it. It's not like okay. I'm like, okay, those people suck. It's just like, it's like cursing. I don't do it. I know you don't. But others, I'm completely fine with everyone cursing. Like, I don't really care. It's not morally wrong. I just don't do it myself. And I do believe it makes logical sense that if you're trying, it does. It only makes logical sense if you're trying, though. If you're just Googling answers, if you're trying and you just can't get an answer, it is not, you're not getting an answer. If it's like a STEM test, maybe you're just not getting to the solution. It's even worse on other tests because like, you're, if you're humanities. not, yeah, like the humanities people, like, <laughs> oh God. Um, we'll talk about that at later time. Yeah, um, let's not talk about humanities people, but for those types of tests, usually it's just like singular word <laughs> answer. Yeah. And sometimes if you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. And they, then you have a choice. Okay, do I want to lose points or do, you want, do I not want to lose points? I think that... I understand that. For some reason, I have trouble doing that. But I understand those who do because it makes logical sense. I think that another thing is that there's such a steep barrier to cheating on test time. You know, services like Chegg cost like $20 a month. They really want to make it hard for us to cheat. Yeah. But those who cheat get greatly rewarded. I think that... So now this is starting to become a, a socioeconomic yeah, I mean, question where we find that, that people who tend to have more money may be able to get better grades just because they're able to access... The answers. I think easier. I think equity and cheating is a really big issue that needs to be solved. <laughs> like, I think that everyone you know, should have equal chance at cheating. Everyone should have equal access to cheating information and utilities. I think Chegg being, you know, two hundred forty dollars a year. Maybe they should give financial aid for Chegg. Like I it's based on like you could enter your income and stuff, and uh, then you get. That's. It's almost like <laughs> those who have more money are rewarded with better information and utilities. That's a wild, that's a wild concept, but... Yeah, I don't know. it's just, it's just an interesting thing because, yeah, yeah. Thank you but, for your, your very insightful input. Yeah, no problem, you know, that's what I give, insight. That's what I do. Yeah, shall we move on? Yeah, you can choose the, the next topic you'd like to touch on. Um, I'm really excited for, uh, for a very specific topic, um, but do we want to, oh, we can, we can, it's topical. It's, uh, okay. It's topical. So we're talking about Matt Leckie. Yeah, we're talking about Matt Leckie. Okay. So you have a long history with him. So yeah, um, we're wondering if Matt Leckie drags down RPI, RPI as a team and makes them suck, be lame. That's a very, very <laughs> strong question. I think... Listen, okay, I think the RPI guys are great. You know, last year, I wasn't on the team, but, you know, we beat them last year. You know, we made nationals thanks to them sucking at regionals. And, you know... Uh, that, they, beat, they beat us at regionals. Oh, well, we beat them at nationals. Uh, we actually lost them at nationals as well. <laughs> How do we make nationals then? You don't need to be the top team in the region to go... Well, I know that. Um, to, for, for those of our viewers who are possibly viewing from other countries, 
We're from Vassar College. You may have heard of it. <laughs> you probably haven't heard of it. Just to provide some context, um, we shall continue. Um, I guess you could have just assumed that by our astronaut question with us dropping at Vassar. Well, no, we just chose a random college. We should have just... Let's let's get back on topic here. Matt, Matthew Lecky. I think that... Look, let's just hope he's not watching right now they're, or listening in. They're a great group of guys. You know, especially that Corey guy. He's, you know, he came from running mid to low 26s last year in the 8K to hitting a very, very far before, far below 24 time at Paul Short this year, which is just incredibly impressive. And I think, you know, great work from Mr. Kennedy. But I think that, you know, there's a real sore thumb sticking out on the uh, yeah. the RPI team. Like, it, just a real big, big pimple right in the middle of the beautiful face that is RPI. And that's Matt Lucky. It is, unfortunately. I believe, like, there's a way for your team to have a lot of talent, but suck because of specific types of leadership. Yeah. And, like, I feel like now... I'd like to say I am not on RPI, nor do I know anything about their team relationships. But from the outside looking in, it looks like Matthew Lucky is just not, he's a bully. I feel like he really controls the dynamic of the team and really contorts it in a very unnatural and not friendly way. I feel like, you know, you have Corey, he's out here being fun and he's out here having fun and he doesn't have a big stick up his butt, and he's like, I'm here to run and have a good time. And then Matt's like, no joking, guys. We're a serious team, and most of us, apart from Corey, are on the all-academic team, and this is important for us, and we are here to make history. I think all of them understand that, but Matt really wants to focus on that and kind of get rid of all the fun so it can only be this serious cross-country unit. Yeah, and I mean... This is just our opinion from the outside looking in. Matthew, if you're watching, uh, if you're listening in, please uh, DM us. Please defend yourself. I would love to. I don't want to lambast you without hearing your opinion. I'm sure if you, you came onto our podcast, you would actually probably be our favorite member yeah, of the RPI I'm sure you're a great guy. I just think that sometimes you take yourself a little too seriously. We're not D1 winning D1 Nationals going on to USATF Olympic trials here. We're just a group of guys trying to have fun. The Liberty League is really just a group of academically intelligent individuals who love to run. And I think that the love of the run comes with a bit of the love of the fun, if you will. Yeah, that was a good rhyme. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, the other day I saw, you know, you had a little run. Corey titled it something like, train choo-choo or something because you guys apparently were all like pretending to be a little train and having fun you know what you titled your run matt workout where's your fun in the workout okay <laughs> yeah it doesn't doesn't seem to make sense although Corey may have just been referring to the fact that everyone was probably just running in lane one <laughs> which maybe matt lucky maybe he just didn't take note of that i don't know and i mean i think you know matt's a great f he beat Corey at regionals. Even though Corey has a better PR than Matt, I think that Matt has consistently shown time and time again he is a little bit faster. But as the team's number one, you are the prime role model for 
both the incoming yes. freshmen and the rising top seven for next year, they will be looking to you, Matt. They will be saying, what did he do that we can do to be like him? And especially for Corey, like, what if you make him become like you, Matt? We can't have that. I think that it's important to be setting a good example and really letting the fun flow. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, the reason we're all doing this in the first place is to have a good time. Not, not to, not to like, I don't know what the word is. I, I don't have the word. Honestly, Matthew, this is not us bashing. This is us trying to help. We just, once again, we also have no clue what your team dynamic actually is. This is us taking <laughs> a shot in the dark here. It's not a shot in the dark. We saw them at dinner. Yeah, we did see them at dinner. Um, that's still also, we, we didn't see anything from them. Uh, this is all of us. This is just like us kind of like. We're speculating. We're, we're, we are speculating. We, we can just, when you're a chem major and you're all academic, we can take a pretty good guess at your personality. And <laughs> Would you like to share your, share your, uh, your bias towards chem majors? I, okay. All the chem majors I have met have either become very misogynistic or very racist in the last few years. And I'm not saying Matthew Lucky is misogynistic or racist. I'm just saying I think the major of chemistry as a whole brings out the worst traits in people. I think... And I'm going to just strongly disagree with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to take the side against okay. that. What do you have against chem majors? I'm sorry, what do you have, anything what do you have for chem majors? <laughs> have, do you, have you ever met a chem Point. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, have I? I definitely have. Biochem does not count. Biochem does not count. I know that doesn't count because I know someone who's. Biochem my... majors are very nice people. But like, I almost did chemistry myself. Yeah, and I think you would have gone down a very, very dark path if you did. Mm. I don't think we'd be on this podcast right now if you were a chem major. Hmm. I, I'm unsure on whether that's true, but I do know there's definitely. Like, I'm sure my, I guess my chemistry teacher in high school was definitely a chem major. Were they a nice person? Um, shout out Mr. Macrolean. Um, <laughs> I thought he was a pretty funny guy. I mean, funny, but you know, what was he behind the veil? I mean, behind the curtain. He did one time make chem make a chemical thing, and when someone was working on something that wasn't, say, so it wasn't, it wasn't in. So I was working on like a Spanish project or some like other language that in their class, like a project, and it was like on paper. And Mr. McElaine got a little upset, but didn't like show anything. Instead, he just started, he could, like mix something up. He had like a chemical thing. And then he went and he asked for the kid's paper. He was like, make sure you're working on the chem stuff. And then he took the whole project and he put it in the chemicals. <laughs> I think it like burned and, and, and so the paper got burned and see this is what I'm saying. I don't know. This kind of passive aggressive nature is exactly hilarious. Matt left you was hilarious, but also terrible. That poor kid had to tell his uh his uh Italian. I think it was Italian teacher. Like, sorry, my chem teacher burned my my project. <laughs> the hell. Anyway, I think that just. That just really embodies what chemistry majors are, is cold, heartless, unfeeling monsters. I don't really necessarily agree with that. No? I don't at all. I think that, 
I mean, maybe not every chem major is bad, but I think it's certainly a worthy thing to look into. Like, I think your major says a lot about you. Humanities majors? Like, I know what you have against humanities. Yeah, well, human, yeah. Yeah, no, can you, I want you to go into that. (laughs) Well, humanities is different than chem, because, well, by definition. Okay. Um, humanities people sit down in a room for 75 minutes and then say, how am I going to get to the 75 minute mark? (laughs) And that's pretty much a humanities major life. Um, you walk into the classroom, the professor is just like, okay, I got to find 75 minutes of talking to do. And you just talk about problems and never address them. And you just like, you just like, it's just like, it, it is such a toxic thing. Um, and it's also like, you'll need to be smart. No. I, you know what I've noticed? Most humanities classes I have taken, both in high school and in college, really all talk about the same topics. They just word them differently. Like, in my first year writing seminar, we're talking about, you know, climate change and how to write about climate change in a way that engages a broader audience to really interact with and acknowledge the problem. Guess what we talked about my senior year of high school in English? We talked about how to write about world problems. One of the examples was climate change in a way that makes the reader feel deep emotions. They're worded differently, but they're the same exact thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's humanities for sure. And the big thing I also hear about is readings. And then it comes to a point where, like, people are just, like, given a reading. Yeah. And it's like, they don't do it. They do enough to understand something. I'm very not big on, like, telling people to do something. Yeah. And then, like, you, like, you're not really expected to do the full thing. It's just bad. And it's, like, such boring readings. Like, that's why they're called readings. Like, readings. Like, <laughs> it's not a fun word. It's not a fun word. And it's like, no one wants to do those. No one wants to write essays on nothing. It's waste a waste of time, and it's 75 minutes of trying to stay awake, and when yeah. you don't want to participate in classes, it's just like listening to other students talk about, I don't know, some random things that, personally, I don't care about. You, I just want to, I just want to compute some, some uh, differential equations. You want to know what I did in the first day of my first class this semester? I fell asleep yeah. in the whole thing. Yeah, I did. And that was arguably the best day of class I've had all year because every day since then, I've either been sitting in the back of the class playing Minesweeper or I've been trying to pay attention and horribly failing because they are just not engaging lectures. I don't care about the architecture of the Dionysus Theater in Rome. Interesting. Which, by the way, is not even the topic of the class. This is a class called Reading Antiquity. I don't know why we talk about the architecture of a theater. Let's just define our terms. What does antiquity mean? Like, ancient Rome times, ancient Greece times. Mm. Like, this is, you know, we're at a time period where a lot of great works are written, and we've read a lot of them, but then in class, we talk about the architecture. Like, this is just a sign of Gersh professors struggling to make their own fields interesting and engaging for 75 minutes. That is definitely, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's called Gerst. It is called Gerst. It's not a good sounding name. It's, 
It's a little, yeah. It's a little bad. It's it's not necessarily the best. I I just, yeah. I mean, it's just like humanity's why necessary at all? Why necessary? Why be humanity's dumb runner guy? Yeah. When I could be STEM runner smart guy. Yeah. It's so true, and and I also just hate people who are like. I'm good at reading. I'm good at writing. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> How about you do a math problem for a change? Yeah. Because people are like, oh, I'm not good at math. Oh, classic. Because I feel like there's so much animosity towards math. I think so much love for reading and writing. That always is, like, assumed. Like, when you're like, oh, I'm a math major. I'm a physics major. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, gosh. God bless you. And, and then they're like, I love reading. Everyone always tells me. I will mention the fact that I haven't properly sat down and read a full book in probably three years. And people will go, oh my gosh, you should really read books. They're really good for your mind. Is math not? And then when I say, I'd say, oh yeah, I'm a perspective math major. They go, oh wow, that's really hard and sounds really unfun. So is reading. I literally yeah, sit there in a room like- in the dark and with no sound for an hour reading words like i would far rather do a two-hour math problem than sit down and read for 30 minutes and i will also tell you humanities kids tend to suck at clash royale is <laughs> because like there's no there's no strategy there's, there's no strategy there's no application yeah. to anything that's like humanities because all you do is try to fill up 75 minutes yeah that's literally all you do and you just talk about things that don't matter or either they do matter but either they don't matter or they do matter, but you don't really, you don't really address the problem. You just talk about it, and who really cares? I think you say like people are brainwashed. I think they're. I just don't think they have a very intelligent brain to begin with. Sorry, I'm sorry to all of our humanities majors watching, but um, it's just like not necessarily- never gonna watch again. I know they'll watch again. They will. And I'd love to talk to a humanities person. Please, please ask to be on the show. Please. We and have you on. We, we would love this. to understand you. And how your brain works and what makes you so different than normal people. Yeah. And what I think is even more crazy is that there are more humanities majors than STEM majors. And that is just yeah. so ridiculous. Like, I think there are... You know, like a marketing degree, sure, maybe it's useful in the real world. But one, the degree, like the classes, like I can sell you a a box of soap or whatever. Like I don't need a degree to tell me how to sell you a box of soap. But like I need a degree to learn how to do differential equations and real analysis. Like that's you know, that's something I would spend four years of my life learning. I don't think I need to spend four years of my life devoting myself to learning how to tell someone how to buy something. Yeah, I feel like those that's the, those are even aren't even the worst examples that you. No, can it's give not. Up. Those are still those are pretty good examples, and that's still like a that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, let's just get rid of anthropology. <laughs> Sorry, that's just been on my mind. I know you have some like deep seated trauma about that. It was unfortunately not a good class. Um, Do you want to go into it, maybe? Explain your reasoning behind why you hate humanity so much with this one simple example. 
It says because you got a B in it. B plus. Okay, sorry, B plus. Rowan, this is my transcript right now. The one makes blemish it makes it look a little kind of like Matt Lecky on the RPI team. You know, the one the one blemish that stands out from the rest of the perfection. Yeah, that is definitely a good good yeah. analogy there. But like, okay, this professor guy. Okay, he got sick. Blah blah blah. But you don't take twelve weeks to recover from a sickness because we handed in our midterms, right? We handed in our midterms which are papers, whatever, and he doesn't grade them until two weeks before the class is over. And when you don't give out any grades until two weeks before the class is over, and then you give someone a grade, and there's no option to drop the class, there's no option to NRO anymore, and you're just stuck with this because you don't know how hard of a grader he is, you don't know if you're doing well in it, with it, Especially when I did every single reading, and supposedly, I think this guy, now, he kept saying, sorry guys, I don't have your papers, I'll have them next week. But they said that like seven, eight weeks in a row, and it got a little old, <laughs> and yeah, it's like, he always showed up to his class late too, but like, that's not that bad. Like That's kind of tacky, like, if you're a professor, you should be there on time. I mean, yeah, but he's he's got to waste 75 minutes. He could waste a couple, like, three or four if he's just, like, getting there a little late. But the, the issue is that, like, that he screwed over my grade there, and then his class itself was not something I looked forward to ever. It was, I walked in, we'd be, like, discussing the reading. By we, I meant them. You there were just were the back. There were specific people who always participated. And it was, like, they just controlled the room. And I feel like, especially with humanities major, like, classes, people share their opinions, which is great. But when people share their opinions and people have conflicting opinions... Everyone just caves in. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, that person, let's just, okay, I guess I had, like, a different idea, but I'm just going to cave into what that person said. This, and that I, yes. person just ends up, their opinion just dominates the class. And it's like, no one's learning if we're just taking on the opinions of some teacher's pet. Sorry. No, I completely agree. You know who you are. I think <laughs> that in, in my first year writing seminar, we'll be discussing something, you know, of relatively significant importance. We'll be discussing, like, just like a, our thoughts on a reading or something like, and you know, a lot of times I don't think the readings are good at all. I think they suck. And I think that a lot, there's not a lot of writing talent that goes into these. It's just some angry person writes about something that pissed them off or about something that they found interesting or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But there will be that one guy who's like, this was really good because this, and he'll see the weirdest reasons. And like, they use such great, like, lyric like literary devices and i'm like i don't care about the literary devices it sucked to read and it sucked to listen to you talk about how good it was to read and i think i can speak for most of the class when i said it, when i say it wasn't good but you're here controlling the conversation not everyone else is going to agree with you because they want to seem smart and that's the thing about humanities mm -hmm. people want to seem smart yeah in stem people don't have to want to seem smart you're either smart or you're not yeah, that's exactly what it is. People just try to look like they're smart. You can fake being enough. smart. You can fake being smart in humanities. Exactly. Exactly. That is actually probably 
one of the fruits. STEM takes inherent skill to be able to do, and that skill can be acquired by learning, but it, STEM problems take inherent skill to do. You can, whereas you can sit for four days with like a humanities essay and workshop it to make it perfect. There's no, like you can't workshop a math problem and make it perfect, you just do the problem. Yeah. I think that's one of the core disconnects between these two fields. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, hard work pays off. No. Like, you should just have skills. Just be good. Talent beats hard work, but hard work fails to work hard. Yeah. Well, Jason, to, I think to end off this podcast, I would like to ask you, you know, you party drinker guy, what you think about the Good Samaritan policy? Oh, gosh, we're diving right into the Good I Samaritan think, policy. I think we've exhausted our humanities bashing. I think that the Good Samaritan policy really is a pretty let's just Let's just also, let's, let's introduce yeah, what the Good Samaritan so policy is. Good Samaritan is. policy, you know, I, I know you know what it is, because you're a student fellow and I'm a, I'm a first year, so I know this as well. It is, you know, if you're at a party and someone has too much to drink or uses too much of a different substance, they you can call CRC and say, hey, my buddy is a little wasted, um, you know, can you help him out? And they will. And both you and them will be given invulnerability to that um, situation and any repercussions that come from it will not affect you or them. And personally, I, well, actually, I would like to hear your opinion because you are the student fellow. You've been here longer than me. And I think that this, you might have a very interesting take on this. Yeah. The policy needs to go. <laughs> the policy needs to go. The policy... The policy makes me angry. Why does it make you angry? You as party drinker guy. I am so party drinker guy, but unfortunately the policy does need to go. If there is... If a kid were to jump on his bed and the mom wants the kid to stop jumping on the bed, the mom doesn't just say, stop jumping on the bed. The mom says, go sit in the corner for five minutes. The yeah. kid thinks to himself, okay, that wasn't fun. I'm not going to jump on the bed anymore. Solves the problem. Party drinker guy goes and drinks, gets wasted, breaking the law. And when you break the law, <laughs> if you're if you're you have to be under twenty uh, over twenty one years of age, <laughs> over twenty one years of age to drink alcohol, and you are a 19, 20 year old, and you go out drinking and you go drink enough to get you into a health issue. Sorry, but. You need to face consequences. I get it. Go get the help you need. And I understand how you might be reluctant to get the help you need. But then you're just an idiot. Face the consequences of your actions. There should be consequences for things that you do that are wrong. And if there, if you have an argument against this, it shouldn't be what I'm saying is wrong. What should be addressed is if there is a law and we're letting people get away with underage drinking then just, I'm completely fine, lower the age required to drink. Make it age 18 for drinking. That's the best that should be the That should be the, the thing we do. We shouldn't be allowing loopholes to laws we make. We should be adjusting laws. No 
I don't, I'm not a big fan. Let me get into now my sub-bullet point here. Okay. I'm not a big fan of speed limits being disobeyed. Everyone drives over the speed limit. Like 10 over. Then we should just change the speed limit. Why make a law that's meant to be broken? It should not be like that. It should not be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a speed limit sign that says 30 miles per hour, hoping people drive 40 miles per hour. Doesn't make sense. I think that these laws should be adjusted so that they can be adequately followed. Yes, I think that the best case scenario is they're getting adjusted. But the political system is slow and bad, and they probably won't ever be changed. But I think that having a system like the Good Samaritan slash amnesty policy is good because it kind of allows on campus to have something like that, you know? Like, on campus, it kind of is like you can drink and, you know, like if 18 was the legal limit. But the issue is it's not. I think that... Again, I maybe there's a reason you shouldn't be drinking if you're getting if you're I'm if sure you're getting right. into a medical situation. I'm just saying that person. Okay, I think the the one argument I've seen against this is that person has learned enough not to do it again if they're yeah. getting into a huge medical situation. But I disagree with. That. I don't think they. Really I think you gotta get into legal ish legal troubles to be like okay, maybe I'm gonna hold off a little bit or maybe. I'm going to drink one less. Sorry, I really wanted to say the cringy one less there. It was such a great place to put it. Um, maybe you should drink a little bit less to not get you into that situation again. <laughs> like, there should be some kind of repercussion. Otherwise, you're not going to learn. If there are no consequences for your actions, you're never going to learn. I think that... You raise a good point, and I think that there should be some kind of repercussions, but I don't think legal repercussions are the way to go. I think that, you know, no school wants to be sending kids to jail, right? No fine establishment like Vassar wants cool. to... No school wants to send people to jail, but if their entire school is made up of people who are breaking the law, what, what, then the school can't just say, I don't want them to go to jail. Well, they are. And I think, honestly, I mean, Vassar has always been a very, you know, very the big emphasis on freedom at Vassar, I think. You know, it's one of the only schools in you know this kind of region and this kind of caliber that doesn't have any prerequisites. I think that Vassar has a big emphasis on do whatever you want here, and that was one of the main reasons I chose it. And I think that the Good Samaritan policy kind of builds on that. Granted, maybe not in a super legally or socially productive way, but it's still really drives home that point of freedom that Vassar is very about. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree. I haven't been convinced. I don't think I've been convinced. I think it's, in, it's in the school's kind of whole way it conducts itself to do this. But then why have any Why is this the one law we're ignoring? Like, we're not ignoring every single law. We're not saying, hey, Okay, I'm gonna make sure I watch which law I pick right now. Okay, just one in my head would not have been pretty okay to say. Let's say if Astor can't be like, okay, stealing's allowed, everyone can steal each other's belongings. I think to go back to your example of speed limits, I think that rules will always be broken. I think if they raise every speed limit by 10 miles an hour, so then the people who were currently going 10 miles an hour 
over, we're going to speed limit. People would still try and go over. Really? Even, yes. But no, I'm saying you increase the law, but you also enforce it. Every time someone you see yeah. someone even a tick over the speed limit. Well, that's a police that's state. You're going to jail. That's a police state. What? That's a police state. So, yeah. That's like a state is another word for nation. It's like... It's a nation? Oh my god. No, it's like a... I don't know. I'm, this is a humanities thing. It's a thing. Government. It's like... It's very dystopian, though. Like, that's like... Having such strict enforcement of laws is not a great way to go about things. And I think that... Anyway, to build on what I was saying, though, like... If speed limits were... Like, it is within people's nature to want to... Kind of not do that like if the speed limits are raised and it's tricky enforced people would still speak people would still end up risking it because to get a, to go a little faster i think that what stops people from going like 20 over super commonly now is because they think oh shoot if i'm already going 15 over and there's the off chance the cop sees me they'll probably pull me over but like they're not gonna stop and i think that you know people would still risk it even you know if the speed limits were increased. And I think that that's kind of a good reason the amnesty policy exists. The school knows kids are going to drink, regardless. They know people are going to drink. It doesn't matter if the, how much anti-drinking messaging you put up. People are still going to do it. So why not make it as productive and positive of an environment as possible? I, I disagree with both the drinking scenario and the speeding scenario because what happens when you're speeding and then you get into an accident and someone dies then guess what there's no there's no sort of way to fix that okay, but and killing someone while speeding is an entirely different crime than speeding but speeding causes it well and no, if you you're... reduce if you're strict with speeding even if you're going speed limit less people are going to speed and less people are going to end up dying you can still go someone you can still kill someone if you're going speeding you can you can but you're more likely to if you're speeding look it up yeah i, I don't need to look it up I, I know i we're both physics majors we know this okay and if it's more likely to kill someone by speeding i think that we should be a lot more stricter when it comes to speeding and same thing with, with drinking. People people do die because of drinking. And if you could reduce it by having stricter laws and telling that kid and putting giving that kid some little punishment legally early, because a punishment legally is better than losing your life. Okay. That's a very valid point. I don't want to like negate trying to kill people. Checkmate. It's kind of in both our schools and kind of our country's way to give people as fair of a chance as possible, well, not even fair, as much of a chance as possible to not go to prison, right? Every time there's like a little cop like hiding and you can't see them, people get pissed when they get pulled over. Cause like, how is I ever supposed to know I'm not speed in front of you? And like, stupid. Everyone gets mad when a cop like is like hiding and then pulls them over. Like people want a fair chance to avoid legal jurisdiction. And I think that, you know, Vassar kind of gives that to you with the Good Samaritan policy. It gives you a second chance to, like, say, like, you avoided the law. Maybe, I think it's trying to build up better habits when you leave college, right? They're trying to say, okay, you won't get punished for this now, but just keep in mind that when you leave college, you will. But they're not saying when you leave, they're not saying that. They're not at all. They're saying you're getting away with it. Drinking habits. 
the good drinking habit that they're encouraging, the only good one that they're encouraging is reaching out for help. They're, they're encouraging friends of people who are too far gone. Because here's the thing. I was, you know, I was like two drinks in and I had a friend who was like seven or eight drinks in and was totally wasted. Right? And I call it. I wouldn't want them to then give me the breathalyzer and say, oh, you're drunk too. Or you're buzzed too. Too bad. You're getting in trouble as well. Right? I think that you broke the law. You shouldn't have just watched your friend. But, but you did a good thing. Like, you, you called for help for somebody who needed it. And the school wants to reward that. I, I, I feel like it's a good thing to call for them. But facing the punishments... Nobody would, do, nobody would do it if you got punished as well, though. You mean... Then it's in your name wrong for some reason. It's... I just feel like... I feel like... There's things like, like, why is this the law that that's applicable to? Like, because it's such a commonly broken law. Then change the law. Change the law. You're gonna ask the fucking New York Senate to change the law? No. Well, it takes some people to open their eyes and realize that the law is being broken all the time. Then maybe we should get rid of the law because it doesn't make. Because then it makes other laws look like okay. Because then if I go and I do something a little stupid and I end up going to end up getting in legal trouble. I could just sit there and say, Oh, but the person right next to me was drinking. Shouldn't they be going to jail too? Like, shouldn't they be in legal trouble? I'm under, I'm not understanding why that law is less, is less flexible than this law. I'm more flexible than this law. It just doesn't make sense. Why? I, I understand the flexibility in laws, but I don't understand the lack, the, the variability of flexibility in laws. That's a good point, actually. No, you make a fair point. I think that if that's going to be this lenient with one, it should be this lenient with all. I think that... Yes, but at the same time, there's some where it doesn't make sense where uh, you're lenient. If you kill someone, but you almost... If you almost killed someone and you call for help, you're fine. At least... You're you're good with the law, because we gotta make sure that person like gets the help they need. Because we might be able to still make them a lot, like help them. Okay, be a but lot. Jason, you know about like self defense laws, right? Like in a lot of states, like someone breaks into your home and starts like attacking you, like you can use whatever means necessary. Yeah, that's that makes sense. I'm I'm talking like you're still breaking the law if you kill or harm someone, but you're doing it. But that's like, for, but at least that's reason. written down. That's written down. It's written down in the school's code to, in the school's, like, school constitution or whatever the heck it's called. It makes sense to defend yourself when you're being attacked. That just makes sense. If you're It makes sense to reward someone for calling when someone needs help. But should you reward someone for calling if someone needs help if they were the ones who, like, like, if I were to hurt you severely right now... And then I were to call for help. And then I were to call for help. And I was like, yo, my friend's in trouble, but like, I kind of, it was, it was me who did it. And then they come, they're like, all right, you're completely well, fine. I don't think that friend is necessarily the one who got them drunk. Like, you could be at a party and just see someone random who needs help and then call and be like, yeah, this person needs help. What's something that you can do on your own that... Sorry, I'm running out of examples. Yeah, your point is falling apart. No, my point isn't falling apart. I'm trying to think of things. 
I'm trying to think of an example where you do something to yourself that is technically against the law. I mean, I think killing yourself is against the law. Isn't, isn't, is, is self-harm against the law? No. Killing yourself is against the law? That is stupid. Wait, maybe? No. Never mind. Killing yourself isn't against the law. Oh, killing you killed yourself. You're going to jail. Killing yourself is like, I think it's like a Bible thing that you're not allowed to do that. I don't think it's against yeah. the law. I thought there was like a certain extent of self harm that if you you're caught like I mean you'll go to like a mental hospital but you won't like go to prison and you won't like go on trial or serve any actual legal repercussions. But like I think that if someone were to see something and like they called that uh, to get that person medical help, that person should also go through the process as if they were to get the mental help as well because you need. You can't, jail cannot only look at as a punishment. Jail has to also, or any like. Jail is corrected. That's why they call it a correctional institute. Because yeah. it's meant to correct. Yeah, it's meant to correct. And if, I, I honestly, for me, it does get to a point, I do agree, like, I mean, I, I stand by less people dying, the better. But it does get to a point where there's so much you can control. To kind of like, because like you don't look at that in your everyday life. Like, how many people who did the thing I'm doing right now died? You can't do that. But at the same time, you kind of have to be like, this one, this thing really tends to cause death. Let's not do that. So you don't want you won't you don't want to be selective with that. What? Never mind. I get what you're saying. I think, I think, I think you, I think you've made a good point for yourself. I think. Yeah. I don't think you. Now you know. I think that you know, people should come back next week for when we have Augusta Stockman and Douglas Cobb. Yeah, Augusta on the Sprock Talk podcast. Yeah, it's it's gonna be great. A day late because some people aren't available. Yeah, it's going to be a day late. That is something to make sure of because Augusta Stockman will be actually competing at nationals uh, for cross country very very fast. We'll make sure we ask her how it went. Of course, of um, course. Doug Cobb is all ECAC. Doug Cobb also forced us to put him on this episode. Oh, let's not say that, because well, what if he gets upset that we said it now in front of us? Sorry, Doug, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, they are. No, they, they, they didn't so our, our international viewers didn't know, but... Yeah, our international viewers I'm talking about. The ones that, <laughs> for some reason, are listening to us right now, they, they don't know. It didn't. Um, but we do have to wrap up. It's yeah, I think we're over the limit right now. No, there's no limit. We we have gone over our allotted time slot though, and we appreciate you all for listening to our incredibly, incredibly interesting and diversely topic podcast. Yes, and if you have any suggestions of what we should talk about, please, uh, please leave a co- comment. Yeah, leave a question mark. Comments? Maybe they have. I don't even. I'm sure. Um, let us know. Um, okay, I'm just gonna end yeah, it. We're gonna end I'm ending it. it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So. <laughs>